to Viva Talks, the podcast that will provide you with resources and tools to improve the quality of life for you and those around you. I am your host, Alejandra Aitan. And Miriam Vasquez. Today, we're sitting down to talk with Viri Nunez, Lead Reach Violence Prevention Strategist. We will be discussing what the REACH program is, the different forms of hate, how they affect our community, and how the REACH program can help us have conversations about this topic. So be sure to listen all the way through for the details. Special thanks to our Best Buy Teen Tech Center, a program at Project Vida designed to empower youth to learn different elements of art and technology, for allowing us to use the center to record this episode. For more information, visit pvida.net slash Best Buy Teen Tech Center. Hello, everyone. How is everyone? Thank you for being here today. Uh, thank you for being with us, Vidi. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, a little bit about what is REACH. Um, what are What is this program that you work with? Of course, yeah. So my name is Viri Nunez. I am the lead REACH violence prevention strategist here at Project Vida. I am taking on a brand new initiative. Um, it's brand new to the department. It's called REACH, which stands for Resiliency, Education, Action, Commitment, and Humanity. So um, we are targeting, our hope is to bring awareness to the community on hate crimes. Okay. And can you give us a little bit more of a background story as to why this program started and um, why it is so important to have this type of initiative in our community? Yes, of course. So hate crimes, it's something that we've seen a lot of in recent years. Um, so I For those who don't know what a hate crime is, how would you define mm -hmm. that? Yes, thank you for asking me that, Marion. That's a very good question. So a hate crime is any um, assault, whether on someone or property, mm -hmm. that is motivated by hate okay. or bias. For example, religion, sexual orientation, gender, ethnicity. Um, so anything that is propelled by hate, to put it one way. Okay, so it's crime that its intention comes from hate. Precisely. Okay. Precisely. So, yes, of course. So this is something that we've seen in, really, the country. It's something that we're seeing more and more of. Um, we started to see this, I mean, really, this goes back to 1968, um, when the federal government first... Um, decided to, you know, like, we are able to now prosecute, you know, hate crimes federally. Like, this is actually something that could carry a longer, you know, sentence, if you will. So before this time, there was no way of prosecuting. Like, these crimes were just like any other regular crime. Precisely. Okay. Precisely. So since then, um, we've seen a ton of cases, unfortunately, just like we've seen Matthew Shepard, you know, polls in Orlando. We've seen, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, the tragedy that hit us here locally, mm -hmm. Walmart, you know, the Walmart shooting that happened here on August 3rd. I mean, you know, this is something that we've seen more and more of. Uh, the most recent one, of course, another one that was highly publicized, we saw a lot of, was the insurrection on January 6th. And that was, of course, as we know, politically driven. Mm -hmm. um, so it's time uh, to the department, and I should clarify that this is a grant that we got. First of all, it was the Dep Department of Homeland Security okay. um, awarded this to UTEP. 
So we are the sub-grantees. Uh, so we're partnering with UTEP to do Precisely. Okay. Precisely, yes. Okay. It's housed there. We have a very extensive relationship, if you will. So yes, we are both working on this together. This is not just Project Vida. So yeah, so this is um, through UTEP. Um, so it's time to have the uncomfortable conversations. Mm. It's time to, to raise awareness. It's time to talk about it. If we don't talk about it, there's no way that we can understand what the issue is. To us, for example, I think El Paso is very much in a bubble sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel that because it doesn't happen here, or maybe we see this as an isolated event, mm -hmm. what happened you know, at Walmart. So um, it's time to start these conversations with the community. You know, like how can we, perhaps it's going to be a while before we change it, mm -hmm. but if we start talking about it, we're going to be well on our way. Yeah. It, it sounds like it's, it is, yes, it's about making uh, an impact and a difference, but I think laying the foundation is about also bringing awareness to it. Of course. And, it, and, and I'd like to hear more about what does it mean to have these conversations, right? Like, right. what does it entail within the REACH program? Okay, so wonderful. Yes, that's a wonderful question. So really the main, one of the main um, components to this grant and how we have to go about it is developing... Um, I guess you can say like a way for the community to be able to have conversations where they feel safe. Mm -hmm. So okay. we're not intending on, you know, we're not experts. I'm not an expert. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not intending to go to any given venue okay. and try to present to anyone, you know, what it is like more, it's more of a way to talk to the community. Like, how do you feel about this? Mm -hmm. Do you feel safe in your community? Okay. What can we do as a society as a community mm -hmm. what can we do to to feel safe mm -hmm. you know so we understand that again in light of recent very unfortunate events that have happened we understand that the community doesn't always trust law enforcement mm -hmm. right you know that's something that we know happens especially in a community like el paso where immigration status could mm -hmm. very well prevent community members from wanting to speak up from saying you know what I have been victimized, I have been targeted. We understand that it's not easy. Mm -hmm. So first of all, we need to destigmatize that. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, I guess like bringing these, com these conversations, talking about it, do doing so in a way where it's safe mm -hmm. for everyone to talk about. You know, like what can we do? How can we do it? How do you feel about it? You know, like what can we all do together? So it's, it's really the main focus. It's, it's not to create, I think they were called town hall meetings, but I'm not very, I'm not okay with the term because I feel like it sounds very political, okay. if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And that's not what I'm going for. I want to go for, I don't know, say a listening circle, something where we actually sit down and we can actually share thoughts, share fears, you know, ask questions where we feel safe, mm -hmm. simply just safe, you know, like a space where you can create rapport between yeah. the members and, and have, mm -hmm. as you say, that, that circle of trust, maybe. Of course. Uh -huh. Right. And my hope is to also invite law enforcement agencies, for example, El Paso Police Department, El Paso County Sheriff's Office, invite them, like, be part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, like, let's, let's hear what you have to say, and then they can also hear what the community has to say. And with that, you know, by doing that, we'll be able to start building um, trust and a relationship. Yeah. And I think it's, it's very uh, important, you know, that you highlight this, this idea that El Paso it could be sometimes in a bubble, and I think that bubble was a bit burst when that August third shooting happened. Right? Mm -hmm. We are not exempt for things like hate crimes to happen mm -hmm. in our city. Right. And and also, 
it might be just the fact that we see things so often that we think is so common like like the, it's just part of life it is like that our relationship with um you know the border patrol and law enforcement because we see it so often and i think mm-hmm. so that's why it's so important um to raise awareness and say you know what let's let's bridge that gap or let's let's make that bridge between the community um our community and and, and the population that is trying to to protect us and but at the same time i think in our community we can feel somewhat um and that's when we were just talking about kind of feeling Feel, needing to feel safe in order to be ourselves, right? And so, um, how do you feel? How do you how do you approach that in these conversations to make sure that the community is able to go into these conversations willingly, right? Because we want them to walk into these conversations wanting to learn, wanting to have and open up. How do you build um, that rapport that we were talking about? And one one thing that you mentioned that I think is important is. First of all, the name, right? You you said town hall. That sounds too political, too black and white, and and having these listening circles or conversations that is one step. But do you have any other tips or or background as to how to create a safe space for our community to feel like they can go into these conversations? Yeah. So think of it. Um, I think of these conversations as larger scale. Okay, so what I'm going to do or what we've been doing is I have approached different groups that have all that we already have within the the organization within the program. So, for example, we have different support groups and by approaching them, introducing myself, telling them, you know, why I'm there, because I understand that it's not an easy topic to talk Mm -hmm. about. I understand that I can't just show up one day, introduce myself and say, we're going to talk about this. It doesn't work that way. I'm not going to get honest answers you know so by approaching them and really knocking on doors I feel Mm -hmm. like it's just been knocking on doors different programs I have attended different outreach events that we have you know and as we talk about the services that we offer here at Mm -hmm. Project B I'm also like oh hi like I start to introduce myself there's been smaller scale conversations Mm -hmm. where we invite them to be part of these larger scale conversations Mm -hmm. so it's not something that we've want to force anyone to do you know like we wanted to do like you're doing this voluntarily you are committed in your relationship and being safe and feeling safe in your community so Mm -hmm. let's just you know like that's how we just it's a segue Mm -hmm. to these larger scale conversations but I understand I I definitely understand that it's not an easy conversation to Mm -hmm. to have Mm -hmm. um it puts me in a very vulnerable place Mm -hmm. I think and like introducing myself and this is what I'm doing and this is enti- again this is entirely new to what we've done we've never done anything like this so I understand that you know we do have those challenges mm-hmm. but I definitely try to you know establish that initial trust like look you know this is what I'm doing join us mm-hmm. you know like if there's any insecurity if there's any issue anything that you like to discuss please join us you know mm-hmm. like I assure you you're not the only one who's who has these questions who has these fears insecurities like join us and we can all discuss this together and I think you you have an advantage of the fact that you're part of this community right you're absolutely and and that's one of the things that community members are able to relate and, and say you know what like you can come in and 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 have that personal relationship with them so I think that's that's also a unique um, perspective to have 
absolutely be part of this community. I was born and raised in El Paso. I was away from El Paso for a while, but at the end of the day, this is home. This was always home, even when I was away. Um, you know, this is my community. Mm-hmm. I have a son. When I drop him off at school, I want to know that I'm going to pick him up at the end of the day. The day and. I, I don't want to have that, that fear. Right. When I go to church on Sundays, I don't want to have the fear of someone, you know, targeting mm-hmm. me because, you know, I'm worshiping mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning. Right. You know, like, I want to go shopping just like anyone else without the fear of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this is still my community. I'm equally invested because, again, I live here. I work here. Th- this is my life. Mm-hmm. So that's something, that's a passion that I hope, and an investment, really, mm-hmm. and a commitment that I hope to pass on to community members as I as I approach them with this and talk to them about it and invite them. Like, listen, we're in this together. Mm-hmm. It's our community. Mm-hmm. And if I can just go back a little bit of what you mentioned, uh, you've been doing with these conversations. You mentioned that law enforcement is, is invited and, you know, it's brought up in this, in this uh, circles or in these uh, conversations. How do you manage the tension that is potentially there because some of these members are, you know, maybe don't feel, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. secure with law enforcement. So how do you bring them to the table without making the community feel, um, I, you know, insecure, mm-hmm. but also knowing that in order to maybe bridge some of this uh, tension that exists, you need to have both of the parties at the table. Um, I guess I was just wondering if you can speak a little bit on that. Yes, of course. So I definitely think, and again, it's it's being realistic. It's an un, it's going to be an uncomfortable conversation mm-hmm. that goes without saying. It's going to be uncomfortable, and perhaps maybe for some community members, they have had past experiences that were not very pleasant with mm-hmm. law enforcement, and that created you know that w- that set the tone mm-hmm. for any future encounters with law enforcement. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Um, but I think it really comes from a place or at least my approach with the community, even in these cases where there is hesitation, there's skepticism, it's coming from a place like, okay, so why are you feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Okay, and trying to, I guess, in a way, decide whether or not maybe it's an isolated event that has kind of like set the tone for this community member to feel this way about it. And ultimately, again, it's really just reminding them Mm -hmm. why we're doing this. And again, we're going to have, and maybe the conversation I have with community members is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Maybe, and and I also have to be ready for that. You know, like maybe the initial conversation will be uncomfortable, but it'll get us to a place where they agree to then join us to the larger scale conversation where they're able to share their insecurities, their questions, their fears, anything that they have with law enforcement where they will be able to get answers. Because again, I'm very careful in explaining them to them that I am not an expert you know what I'm trying to do is I am trying to facilitate the conversation Mm -hmm. that will get them answers and and some sort of like put their their minds at ease if you will Mm -hmm. and I mean I think a lot of the of of the context that you're giving us right as to this relationship between community and law enforcement which is just a a particular example that we're using in this conversation because you could use any other type of, of issue that is going on in the community. But I think it also highlights that um, intergenerational trauma that they might experience oh, as a community, right? And, and maybe it was an isolated uh, incident, but because it's been around the community that maybe 
many have had isolated incidents and many have a conversations about it and that's how it ends up building but it's important to be able to break that cycle and 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 that um concept and i think that's what these conversations are doing right it's right. uh being able to stop that cycle of maybe saying you know i can't trust and i can't feel safe and it's saying well how can we make how can we help you feel safe how can we help you bridge that gap so that you can find support in these people who are there for you? Of course. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, touching a little bit on what you said about generational trauma, like we also, it's something that we've seen, especially for, again, a community that's mainly Hispanic. We mm-hmm. saw what happened with Mexican-Americans in the 50s and the 60s. Like mm-hmm. that, that stems from perhaps those events. Mm-hmm. And that has carried on to where... And then, of course, we add everything else that we've seen in the news, everything else that has happened. And, yeah, I can absolutely understand why community members maybe don't trust law enforcement. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's completely understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not about necessarily erasing all the things that have happened, right? All Precisely. All the injustices that have occurred. Because there's, there's merit to what they're experiencing. And it seems like you don't necessarily want to erase that, but you want to bring it to light. So that then other people understand why they're scared or why they're fearful. And then there could be some sort of, of, of a collective healing, per se. Um, healing I like that. Se. I like that. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's a way of, again, never forgetting it's part of our history. Mm-hmm. It's part of who we are as, you know, our culture and everything. It, it, we can't erase what happened, but we can most certainly do something about, you know, the coming years, our future. That's um, that's very important work, Vidi, and so I'm I'm very glad that this is happening here at, at our community. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what other things this program is doing? I know conversations is at the core yes. of this program, but are there any other activities, any other um, I don't know uh, partnership uh, events that you're doing with UTEP or with other organizations? Yes, yes. So this is um. Really, it takes a village. (laughs) So, um, yes, we have um, established relationships with other organizations in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly, there is the Borderland Rainbow Center. Again, this is a center um, that mainly works with um, the LGBTQI plus community Mm -hmm. um, here in El Paso. And, of course, as we know, they could, this community could very well be targeted. Yes. You know, so absolutely has, has been. Absolutely. You're right. Um, so we are working with them and really we're um, knocking on doors and trying to reach as many organizations as possible mm-hmm. to build that partnership, to be included in events, anything that they have where we can join them and start these conversations there, because it's very important that we get as many people involved mm-hmm. um, with this. Actually, what we're hoping to do is establish um, a referral linkage system. Okay. So for example, say um, the Borderland Rainbow Center identifies a client that needs, and a lot of times these organizations keep in mind, for example, like the district attorney's office, they have victim services, but they offer immediate relief. Okay. Does that make sense? That's what they are able to do, but mm-hmm. they don't have anything else that they can do for them like long term. Okay. And what we're hoping to do is after we've built these relationships, after we have you know, it's, it's established and there's a solid relationship. We're hoping that we're able to, you know, if there's anyone who needs our services that goes to them, that they can, you know, refer them 
to us. Mm-hmm. Same thing if they come to us and there's anything anything that they need that perhaps we can't do because we also acknowledge that we won't be able to address every, you know, all of their needs. Mm-hmm. We know that. But we're hoping to put them in touch with the community for the community organization that will. Mm-hmm. So that's another, you know, it's it's we're hoping to once we build this and we get this going to con- get it to continue throughout the years, you know. Mm-hmm. So to get that established. And what type of services uh, would someone who experiences a hate crime would need, for example? You you mentioned like long-term services. What what does that look like? So so definitely a lot of times what we have seen, for example, is they don't have the even healthcare mm-hmm. sometimes. Does that make sense? Maybe they are they've been victimized more than once. Okay. They're afraid to for example visit a doctor. They have marks they have bruises they have scars it's not something that they wish to address Mm -hmm. it's not something that they even know how to address sometimes or maybe they don't even know that they've been victimized Mm -hmm. does that make sense a lot of times they don't even have a primary care doctor so we can help them with that housing Mm -hmm. housing is something that we would be able to help them with if they're afraid to speak up they're afraid to say much because then they would lose their housing Mm -hmm. so that's something that we would be able to help them with as well Um, of course mental health services and something that we definitely um, can help them with here at Project Vida. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, it'll be depending on the client, because every situation, as we know, is always different. Right. But again, even if it's something that we are not able to do, if something needs, um, for example, a support group that's specific to the LGBTQI plus community, mm-hmm. of course, we would refer them to the Borderland mm-hmm. so Rainbow Center. So basically, something to do, it's, it's in order to create a net of support. Of course. For, for this person. Like, you have all of these resources that this person that has been marginalized in maybe one or more ways is able to receive services and it's able to be taken care of right. in a multitude of areas. Yes, of course. Okay. That's definitely... And my, my question is, so you you have these, um, let's say, these conversations with them. Um, are these services that you're talking about and these relationship building with other community organizations, are they all connected? So, for example, like if um, an individual gets referred to the town hall meetings um, or, you know, these conversations or goals, like do they then end up getting referred elsewhere or if they are being referred from the um rainbow land i'm sorry don't want to borderland rainbow center um if they end up getting referred to you then are they do they have to be part of these conversations or are they just given um like these services that they need no 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 and again it's it's not something that we're trying to kind of like this for that Mm -hmm. like they don't have to join the conversations of course we would love it Mm -hmm. if they could join us but if they decide that they're not able to they're not ready or it's something they don't feel safe doing and you know we want to respect that at Mm -hmm. the end of the day Mm -hmm. you know if still another one whether it be the borderland rainbow center or any other organization Mm -hmm. that we work with if they identify someone who could benefit from what services we offer like we could still refer them to the you know appropriate organization without them having to be part of these conversations That's not something, I don't think that would be conducive to mm-hmm. a safe yeah. environment, you know? Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I guess I just wanted to understand if they were kind of isolated services or if there was some sort of connection. If they want to be part of these conversations, they can, but they don't have to. Of course, that's right. That's right. Um, is there, are there other activities that you are doing 
uh, with this program? I know that you mentioned the conversations, you mentioned the referral linkage. Is there anything else that you are doing as part of this program? Yes, so um, there will be a social media campaign. Mm -hmm. And of course, as we know, that's the reach, social media, I mean, that's fantastic. So yes, there will be a social media campaign. Um, we are hoping to you know, tackle all of our platforms, mm -hmm. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, so we just want to be able to share the information, you know, as much information as possible. We want to reach the community. A lot of times we, we understand that maybe people don't feel comfortable answering questions or attending these conversations, mm -hmm. but they will see this information online. Mm -hmm. You know, they will be able to see our posts, read a little bit more about it, mm -hmm. you know, see the resources that we have, and maybe they'll be able to... to use that menu instead mm -hmm. um so yes definitely we want to have a, a social media campaign mm -hmm. where we address this issue and reach the the community so it the, the has an educational purpose uh, also to give more context but also to connect them to services if that is something that they require and need that's right that's right and it sounds um like you are able you're, you're trying to reach as many individuals as possible right you said like going door to door you're going to um, like the social media campaign and trying to reach individuals with, with other partnering organizations. So it's kind of trying to be as inclusive as possible about the information that you give out um, to the community. Yes, of course. Um, we just want to make sure that, you know, again, it's our community, you know, it reach as many community, mem community members as possible. Because um, again, it takes a village and it takes it's a conversation starter, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I want to be able to start, if I start a conversation today with anyone at the store or anyone, maybe this person will have a conversation tomorrow and that conversation will keep going until we reach, you know. Word of mouth. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, is there, I mean, and you, you, I think you might have just answered that partially, um, but what is the end goal for REACH, right? What does it want to do for the community? We want to raise awareness. We want the community to understand what hate crime is. And once we've helped the community identify that, we want the community to speak up. Because when we speak up, that's when we start we start to because again it's an issue that we know is ongoing and unfortunately it's one event after the other and it seems like it doesn't stop but once that conversation gets going once the ball is rolling I'm hoping to where our community is in a good place to speak up and try to do something to make our community a better place a safer place so it's a matter of raising awareness and like educating the community on identifying what a hate crime is because I'm gonna speak for myself. I, I maybe I don't feel very knowledgeable about if if like I see a crime or something if that constitutes something as a hate crime. Right. Um, and then once you raise awareness, then you want to make sure that our community is empowered to act and to bring those people at the table and to take responsibility and you know act in a way that makes our community better. That's right. That's exactly right, Miriam. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Bidi. Before um, we finish off, would you like to provide a final message to our listeners, um, something that they can walk away with, um, and what would that be for you? Yes, I actually do have something for the community. 
Um, silence is deadlier than violence. So I hope, um, I hope everyone keeps that in mind. Thank you. Thank you. So if anyone wanted to reach you because they're interested in this, in this project, they want to know more about it, they need services, where did, can they contact you? Yes, of course. So my email address is v, as in Victor, dot Nunez, N-U-N-E-Z, at pv.net. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thank you very much, Vidi, for being here with us today. And uh, thank you to all of us who are listening. And if you are looking for more information about the services Project Vida has to offer, check out our website, pv.net, or on social media as Project Vida EP. Don't forget to follow us and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll see you later until next week. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.